and there's a ball in the air, deep in the outfield, got a chance, got a chance, gone, three-run homer, McNamee, McNamee, big hit, Mac just did it again, around and around and around they go, and a bases-clearing triple for Tanner Allen, and this place is busting at the scene. Mississippi State, the national champions, destroying Vanderbilt 9-0. What's up, Bulldog Nation? It's been a long weekend, and Matty Light and I are here to provide some deep, thoughtful insight on... Uh, just, just the not brightest weekend for the dogs and uh, and what we're looking forward to in the future. Uh, so thanks for having us. Uh, Matt, it was good to see you this weekend. What's going on, man? Oh, well, I'm glad I finally made it to a series. Um, it was great to be back in the dude. Great to be back around, you know, a whole bunch of my friends and getting to watch the dogs play. But, man, the the pro, uh, what I watched on the field wasn't nearly as fun as getting to come back and hang out. So... It was it was kind of heartbreaking watching us go through that weekend of baseball, to be honest. Understandable. Are you going to come back uh, now that your first series was a home sweep by the opposing team? Are you superstitious that you may need to leave? Well, I I usually am pretty superstitious. I was very superstitious last year. Uh, like I said, I didn't drink the last two games of the World Series and stuff like that. So it's I don't know. It's not looking good. Uh, I feel like maybe one weekend isn't enough to deter me, but like if I were to come back up there and we get swept again, then you know may not be my year to be watching baseball in person. So that that's heartbreaking. But you know you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, it's fair enough. Um, may need to experiment with it. You know, maybe change out a shirt. You know, maybe get get off a of course and switch to like a respectable beverage like um, Michelob. Maybe uh, switch to liquor. I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, there's something going on. Uh, it's not just the walkout songs by these guys. Um, maybe it's us. I don't know. But uh, just as a little recap, um, LSU, uh, we take them down to the wire. We have, you know, one strike away from getting the win on Friday. Two of our best pitching performances on Friday and Saturday this year. We out-hit them both times and lose both games. I think for, I think we really won Friday. I think Fristo got squeezed on the strike three. And uh, the umps just let it get away. They're pretty inconsistent umps all weekend. And that goes both ways. But I feel like on a strike three to end the game, that that is not the time to be squeezing a call, even if you're not good with the zone. And then Sunday, uh, we were just flat. And, you know, we get out there and start off okay and just get blasted after Cade, you know, just kind of wears down. Uh, he should have been pulled earlier. But uh, what are what were your thoughts on just like the overall feeling uh, from the fan base and and the team this weekend? It, I mean, the fan base, I I could kind of tell that it we're definitely not in the best place right now because like the fan base on Friday was pretty good to say that it was a very it was not comfortable to watch that game on Friday. It was a night game. It was very cold. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of understood that, you know, maybe not every seat's going to be packed out, everything on that Friday. But then that Saturday rolls around. It's a beautiful day. It's absolutely perfect for baseball. And I really didn't see as many people in that stadium as I thought I would. And I feel like that loss on, on Friday just kind of took just 
took the air out of the stadium for the rest of the weekend because like we had them, you know, top of the ninth, two outs, two strikes up by a run and we don't get that strike three call. And I feel like that just kind of deflated everything from there on out that the rest of the weekend. Um, I, I mean, everybody in the stadium, I know for sure thought it was a strike three and everybody that I talked to that watched it on TV was pretty, pretty confident that, you know, with uh, two strikes on the board down your last out, you're not squeezing the zone like that. So that was that in my mind, that just kind of just, it was a big punch in the gut and um, it really didn't, uh, didn't really come back for us the rest of the weekend, in my opinion. 100%. Uh, I feel like if we had gotten the win Friday, I'm not going to call it a lock, but I feel like Saturday we would have been playing more confident and more relaxed and come away with that one too and taking and taking two out of three the way that we thought it was going to happen. Uh, and this is just kind of the flip side of the coin from the Bama series. We took really two close games from them and we could have been swept and now – we lost two really close games to LSU and got swept. So the it's baseball thing is, you know, overused, but it is baseball. But the, <laughs> Sunday was a, made things worse because it was just insult to injury. So I'm going to sigh a lot in this podcast, and I apologize to anybody listening and you. But – there's uh there's so many things to to talk about that aren't good and are questions that we don't really have answers for. So getting into what we know, what I have written down is we don't know anything anymore. Yeah. We are consistently inconsistent. Extremely consistently inconsistent. And so to to compensate for that, I have a bunch of what we don't. Alright. Well, uh, yeah, I don't have any sitting in front of me, so let's see uh, what you got for us. First and foremost, I ran a poll yesterday asking this question, and it is simply, will this team make the postseason? I didn't actually look at it. Uh, what, just out of curiosity, what was the uh, what was the fan base's reaction to that? Uh, initially, it was a, a resounding no. Uh, I think it was like 80-20 uh, to start off. Now we're sitting at uh, 250 votes, and it's 54% no, 46% yes. So a little bit more on the no side at the moment. I The way this team is playing right now, the way I see it going, um, I, I still think we can take some games from people down the stretch here. Um, especially with how the rest of the conference is looking right now. I mean, I think a lot of people around the conference has just as many questions as we do um, because, like, that LSU team that we played this weekend was not the same LSU team that we've seen in the past weekends. So it's like, I don't know, man. Uh, do we make the postseason? I feel like right now I would still say yes. Do we make it past a regional? Right now, probably not, no. That's that's where I would put our put us at right now maybe a solid three seed who, who, who knows I, I don't know I just don't know what to think anymore to be honest yeah that's fair uh you know just what comes to mind and I've said this in the last couple of weeks is I just keep thinking about the 2018 team and just hoping 
we just keep hoping and hoping and hoping that this team eventually gets to that point where it starts clicking and uh, and we hit that stride because that's exactly how it went then. I mean, if I recall, like we lost to Missouri that season. You know, we got swept by Vandy. Uh, we lost to LSU two out of three. Still managed to, to take two out of three from Ole Miss, but, you know, that's just because we own Ole Miss. But beyond that, I mean, we even lost a uh, series to Auburn who – was not good then and just all of a sudden super bulldog weekend comes around and we swept arkansas uh he got the win in pearl against Ole miss uh and, and just kept kept going and kept getting some wins after that and it sw- swept florida who was the number one team in the country and we had to sweep florida to make the sec tournament like like we couldn't win two we had to win three to make the sec tournament and uh you know, we got in and got in the regional with Florida State and Oklahoma, and I remember we got drilled against Oklahoma like 20 to 10 or something. And then the Elijah McNamee home run with two uh, yep. two outs, two strikes in the ninth happens, and we just rally and ride that wave all the way to Omaha, beating, you know, Vandy and Supers at their place and finishing third in the country. It's just crazy how baseball – works that way that was not a good team until they were at the very very back of the wall and had to pull out wins and they did and I just keep hoping that this happens with this team but our our window is getting shorter and shorter to make that happen yeah absolutely um you know it's always nice to have a team like we had last year that you know, we had a hiccup here and there, but we were at least consistently winning the games that we were supposed to win for the most part and winning the games that we had to win. Um, and that's something we have not been doing this year. And especially coming down the wire, I mean, you know, I was kind of hoping, I was like, man, looking at the beginning of the season, we dropped dropped the first series. Uh, then, you know, to Long Beach, which at that point I thought was a better team than they are now. Uh, then we lose to Tulane and stuff like that. And I was, I had a lot of questions, but I still had a lot more hope that I was like, okay, well, I mean, we have so much opportunity, so much talent on this team. I really don't see us, you know, I, I, I did not see us being where we are right now three weeks ago. I, you know, um, and that's the most frustrating thing. And the most disheartening thing is now we're in this situation where I have no idea what's going to happen. And it's kind of like, yeah, I mean, you can, like what you were saying, I'm hoping for, you know, some 2018 rally banana type miracle. But, I mean, it's like we're going to need something like that to even, you know, have a fighting chance at any type of postseason play this year, you know. It's crazy to think that the expectation has gone from we just won a natty and, you know, this year before Landon Sims got hurt, you know, I'm thinking, okay, if we can just get back to Omaha, like, you know, I think that'd be a good step for where this team is right now, roster-wise. Like, I think that'd be very acceptable. And now I'm like, man, I just want to make the playoffs. Yeah. And we're obviously not going to host. Like, I just want to make the playoffs, whether we have to go to Virginia or, you know, wherever like i'm probably not even going to be able to drive to wherever we go if we make something so 
how the mighty have fallen. It's 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 sad, and that leads me to my next what we don't question, and it's been a trending topic around Twitter right now, and I hate that it is, but I want to get your take on this. And it's did Chris Lamonis catch lightning in a bottle with his roster over the last three years? Because those were all, pretty much all Cohen's guys. Um. I'm not ready to throw the towel in on Lamonis. I mean, I now I'm not saying that's what you're insinuating either, but I mean, I wouldn't say. I mean, you can have a very. I mean, look at Ole Miss. Look at the talent that they have had come through there in the past four years. Even if you catch lightning in the bottle with some of the talented players you have on your roster, that doesn't mean you're gonna. You know, you have to have that coaching whether they're your guys or the coach before you's guys to be able to go to Omaha and win the dang thing. You know, I mean, it can't just be just pure talent of the players. I mean, it has to be decisions made by the coaching staff along the way that is going to get you in that position. Um, so with the roster thing, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, and I don't know how to answer that question until – we see another couple years of Lamonis and see the guys that he's pulling in and what he's going to do with the guys that he recruited, he brought here, and he's playing. You know, um, I think it's still kind of too early to tell if all of his success came from Cohen's guys or if he can recruit on the same level. Um, but some of the coaching decisions this year have definitely kind of boggled my mind a little bit more than last year. And I guess – Probably last year. I remember thinking last year, some of the coaching decisions, I was like, man, why are we doing that? But it would work out and it would pay off and it would, you know. But this year, some of those same coaching decisions that I'm sitting there thinking like, huh, I mean, I'm not a baseball coach, but, you know, it seems kind of obvious that I probably wouldn't have done that in that situation or something like that, you know, that it hadn't been paying off. So I don't know. It's just kind of frustrating because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But uh, I don't know, but I'm not I'm not ready to say he caught lightning in a bottle and it's all Cohen's fault for the national championship. But I will say Cohen was a good recruiter and having those guys on the roster sure did help, even though Lamonis was pulling the trigger on the decisions and stuff, you know. Yeah, and he still has some, like, great classes um, loaded up coming in. For sure. It's just so crazy to think about how the guys that were, you know, contributors last year that are, have returned, the only two that I think that have improved are Mule and Cameron James. I think Lotan has regressed. Not much, but a little. And, he sh you know, he should be improving. I think Luke has regressed. Bristo has fallen apart. This is one of the worst regressions I've ever seen. Uh, you know, there's just who, who I mean, I can't think of anybody else that's gotten better on on the team. Uh, um, I'd say maybe Leggett. I think Leggett's come a little bit ways from last year, but maybe that's just because he's gotten more playing time. We got to see him more, but yeah, your point still stands. It. I, I haven't seen a whole bunch of uh, progression. Has progressed. I mean, Tanner Leggett's hitting two twelve. Like we're not even gonna talk about him. Okay. Well, 
Fair I mean, enough. I, I know where you're getting at, but, you know, from RJ transfer, Cameron James, I think it was improved. Lotan has regressed a little. Brad has, is better because he got a full year of baseball in. Luke regressed. Kellum regressed. Hunter Hines, freshman, and Leggett hitting 212. Then we have Lane over here hitting 224, which is about what he was hitting by the end of last year. So, yeah. you know, out of like those seven or eight guys, two of them have gotten better over a year of baseball. And then we have, you know, Preston Johnson has been thrown in a complete different role. So, like, I'm not going to harp on him and say that he's regressed because it's complete. It's completely different being a mid reliever to a starter. And he hasn't been, like, god-awful other than, like, one game, and it was Arkansas. So, you know, Brandon Smith has been – I think he's improved. So I think he's the only guy in the, in the pen that's improved. Sinet, awful. <laughs> you know, I mean, Pico's a freshman. Fristo just, I it's it's mental with him. It has to be. Oh yeah, and hundred you know, percent. We got got guys like Mikey Tepper and you know Tolar who just are cringeworthy when they go out there. Uh, it's just sad to see, and I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm not gonna give it give it in the towel yet either because you know 19 we're really good, 20. We started off a little rough, but we were twelve and four when COVID comes around. You know, we were much better than we are right now. Yeah. And then, uh, of course, you know how last year ended up, and it's just—I don't know. I don't. Nobody in the world saw this falling off this hard, and it is very similar to, I guess, LSU football after they won a title. Except I feel like they lost so much more to the NFL. Then we lost, like, going to the MLB. But maybe I'm wrong. No, yeah. I mean, I was – that's a very good point. Like, it is almost that type of regression from year to year. And to be honest, like, looking at our roster this year, like, we definitely had some question marks coming into the year about, you know, how are we going to fill these roles with people like, you know, Rowdy and TA and stuff like that. But we had so much more – we had a lot more experienced guys that were still here and that were in the big time, you know, last year. And I thought that those guys were at least going to, you know, still put the quality uh, of play on, on the field like we saw from them last year. And kind of some of the other question marks were going to work themselves out as the year gone has come along. And I feel like the question marks have almost sorted themselves out better than the returning players in some aspects, you know? And that's what kind of just confuses me and, like, kind of makes me wonder, like, what's going on at this point, you know? I don't know. Yeah, that that is a good point. Um, You know, there's been little, small little flashes in in all of this that have been bright. I mean, Hunter Hines – is like 0 for 25 in his last at-bats, but he's still the leading RBI guy on the team right now. So, like, he has got to stay in the lineup. And he, he's going to be he's gonna be good in the future. I mean, he's a freshman, and he's hitting SEC hitting for the first time, and they're scouting against him now. So, I mean, that's to be expected. And, uh, you know, we got some other guys that have been hitting that are young. Like, I think Aaron Downs is about to get 
a lot more playing time going forward. Uh, I think he's going to be good. You know, maybe Lane gets in the pen. I don't know. And and Brandon Smith has improved. Cade had a rough day Sunday, but he's our most consistent pitcher on the staff. Uh, Preston's given everything he has, and he's he's done, I think, a very solid job uh, considering what he was asked to do, being moved to a Friday guy right after thinking you're going to be a mid-relief all season. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. It's shit. But then, like you say, so then, then we got the, you know, who we thought would be our studs this year just playing like, I mean, they're not playing bad, but they're not, they're just being average, and we can't afford average when our pitching is this bad. Yeah, so, absolutely. That gets me into my third question, which is, is it time to prepare for the future by just playing young guys? Um, pro- probably in some aspects. Like you, you can't take, you know, some of the guys out of the lineup, of course. But yeah, uh, maybe start playing some of the younger guys we haven't seen very much. Give them a couple shots in SEC ball. See what happens. Um. Yeah, it's it. I wouldn't say, you know, completely give up, but maybe start trying to work in some of the younger guys that we haven't seen very much. Because at this point, it's like, why not? I guess is the yeah. the way I'm looking at it at the moment. And I know that's probably a really da- Debbie Downer way to look at things right now. But after watching those three games this weekend, I'm I'm sitting here thinking it's like, all right, well what do we have to gain out of the rest of this season? Might as well gain some insight on what we got coming up next year, you know? Yeah. Cause I can tell you right now, the fan base would much rather see freshmen and sophomores out there that want to be out there and trying and learning and getting better. Even if they're losing than seeing all these guys that have rings that won rings last year, just trotting out there and going through the motions. And I'm not saying they're all going through the motions, but more often than not, it looks like they're just not excited and, and not pumped to play baseball like they used to be. And it's sad. Yeah. And the fans see that, too. And that 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 kind of energy wears off onto the fan base. You start going out there and not, not caring, well, the fans are going to turn around and stop caring, too. And that's when you turn around and have, you know, that that's just a spiral out of control because then you don't have the fan support and then the team doesn't play as well because they don't have fan support because they don't care and then the fans don't care. And then it's just, I don't want to see Mississippi State baseball go through something like that because, I mean, our fans are some of the best and most, you know, reliable and consistent fans out there, whether we're playing for a national championship or whether it's a midweek game on a Tuesday against Grambling. You know, so it's like I want to I want to have that fan base there. And it, it kind of breaks my heart to see a team act like they, you know, like you said, don't don't really care. It sometimes I'm not saying that's all the time, but sometimes it sure seems like that way. Yeah, I mean, this fan base is was not expecting to win another title this year. And probably a lot of them weren't even expecting to go to Omaha. That was my optimistic side thinking that, but I would have really just been fine with hosting a regional and having a solid shot at supers. Uh, but that that being said, you know, 
state fans have showed up even when they've been bad. Like in 2015, like we were still drawing like 11, 12,000 people. So it's going to go from 14 and 15,000 crowds on the weekend to 9, 10, 11,000 crowds, which is still bigger than 99% of the parks in the country, which is the bright side. Yeah. But, uh, you know, it's it's an energy thing. Just because they're there doesn't mean they make a difference. You have to give them a reason to make a difference in the game. Absolutely. Yeah. And we saw that last year, like in some of the times where the fans really didn't get into the game until the seventh inning and we started stringing a couple hits together and then boom that crowd's there and it's daunting but like if you if you're out there not doing anything for seven innings crowd's not gonna give you too much you know 100 percent. so my next question is a little bit on the lamona side and you know assistant coaches too what do you think about the pitch hitting decisions uh, really all season but specifically this weekend Man, specifically, this is one of the notes that I wrote down. I did, Like I said, I was at the games. I didn't write down as many notes as I usually do. But my one big note was in game two, we're putting quarter in with the bases loaded and no outs. Pitch hitting. Can't remember who he was pitch hitting for. Uh, who was he pitch hitting for? Oh, Skinner. Yeah. I don't know. Why, why are we putting in a guy that's hitting – 162 with the bases loaded when we've got, you know, someone like Jess Davis or literally anyone else that even if they can't get a base hit, at least put the ball in play or make a productive out or something, you know? It's like so many times this weekend we had people, I mean, we got on base, we had runners in scoring position, and then we would Strike out, strike out, strike out, ground out, strike out, strike out. It was just, it was infuriating. And some of the pitch hitting decisions this weekend was just mind boggling. Like there, at this point, there has to be something going on behind the scenes as to why Jess Davis is not in the lineup at any point. Like you put him in, when was the first time he played this weekend? It was on Sunday sometime. Uh, He came in to pitch hit for Cumbus, and I'm not even sure when that happened, but uh, I'm sure it was towards the end of the game. I don't understand some of the pinch hitting decisions. Uh, and I also don't understand why Jess Davis is not in the lineup entirely more. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, in my mind, he's our most consistent center fielder and the guy at the plate that can do the most. And we haven't seen him in this is now, what, two and a half, three weeks? Starting the, in that role? It's the Friday of Arkansas, so it's uh, – but that was, like, the only one. So it's been five SEC games and one midweek. Yeah. So six games. I, I, it just – I there's got to be something going on behind the scenes at this point because I don't understand why he's not in the lineup. Maybe he has a bad attitude. Maybe he got in trouble or something. I sure hope that's the reason because if they're keeping him out for, like – Nothing other like if they're keeping him out just because of the product that he's been putting on the field, that doesn't make any sense to me, and that that kind of scares me if that's the case, yeah. you know. And it's obviously not an injury if they put him out there on Sunday, but, but yes, the quarter decision is at, is the worst decision I've seen this coaching staff make, uh, probably since Little Notice has been here. Matt Quarter is literally the worst hitter on the team, 
He is hitting 162. The next worst is Skinner, and he's hitting 190. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just, and he has, like, probably, he is a bottom three OBP. Dude, you, like, you have, I could see a little argument for, you know, Aaron Downs. I could see a little, little argument for McGowan. Jess Davis is obviously the best option and the most obvious. But, like, you know, if it it had been any of these, like, guys in between, I would have I would have questioned it, but I wouldn't have just been like, oh, my gosh, that's the worst thing ever. But, dude, he is the the worst hitter on the team, and it's not even close. It's and 30 points off of Braylon. Yeah. And at that point, I mean, we're down by – I can't remember what inning that happened in, but it was um, – probably like the seventh or eighth when that happens. So we're down one at that point. I yeah. can't remember exactly when I that happened. I want to say it was the seventh. Yeah. We're down a run at that point. We got bases loaded, nobody out and we're putting quarter in. Like when I saw that, I was just like, what the hell is going on? I don't like, and even at that point I knew, I knew he was one of the worst hitters on the team. I did not know he was the worst hitter. And that just makes it even more mind boggling. When I saw that, I was just like, all right, maybe we have already given up and we're just playing people to play them at this point, and we're not we're not trying to win ballgames because that decision does not equate in my mind to trying to win a ballgame. I, I don't know. That's just the way I see it. But I was I, – when I saw mean, I can't I, I saw right that Lamonis would do that, but go ahead. I, I'm with you. No, I was just like finishing up that thought. Like When I saw that, I was just like, okay uh, – to me, this doesn't look like a coaching staff or a baseball team that's trying to win a ball game right now, and it just, it just kind of, when, I, like, I kind of, as bad as this sounds, but when I saw that happen, and then that in, in that inning ended without us scoring any runs, there, I was like, you, all right, you knew. Uh, yeah, I knew, I, I was, I had kind of given up on the weekend at that point, and I was like, okay, and that that sucks because I hate, I mean, I love this ball club. And I love Mississippi State baseball, and I never want to feel that way or give up on anybody. But And I'm not saying I'm giving up for the rest of the season or anything, but like when I saw that decision, I kind of wrote – that's when I wrote the weekend off as a loss, whatever happened after that, you know. Um, yeah. So it, it hurt. 100%, man. And I, I think this comes back to the lefty-righty th- matchup overanalyzing issue that we talked about a week or two ago. I'm pretty sure that's – that's what they were thinking here. I think. I think he's a lefty, right? Quarter. I believe so. Yes. And uh, I think they had. I think they had big beef, righty in. And dude, is I mean, is Jess Davis not a left-handed though? Well, Jess Davis hadn't started in five weeks. So going along what you said, I mean he 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 had to have like hit on Lamonis's wife. Or, or his like, daughter or something. A drug test or uh, – I don't know, man. It's it's so just mind-boggling. And Lamontis has always kept stuff, like, off the off the mic at the pressers. Like, he doesn't talk about much. He doesn't talk about injuries. He doesn't talk about off-the-field issues. There's so much that we don't know about and can't even talk about because he won't – let us know and you know if I was a coach honestly I'd probably be the same way but there comes to a point where like you have to defend the decisions that you're making on the field and maybe he doesn't feel that he needs to because he just came off a title and it's like I don't owe y'all any any information but dude like 
come on. 162, like, Jess Davis is hitting 124 points better. He almost doubles Matt Quarter's average. Like, I, it, there's no excuse. I don't care if you have two bats in your hand. I don't care if you're hitting a beach ball. I don't care if you have, you know, a Louisville slugger or, like, some power maxes on from MLB The Show. I don't care if you get 10 strikes. Like, play Jess Davis. Yeah. Uh, and that, if, was, that was one of my questions. If that really goes down to the lefty-righty matchup, I'm, like, there is a time and a place for that. But when I've got the bases loaded and nobody out and I'm down a run in the seventh inning, I'm putting the guy out there that I have the most faith in that can get the ball in play. I'm not giving a shit if he's a lefty or a righty or who's not on the mound or whatever. You know, I want the guy in there that I feel like is going to give me the best chance to just put the ball in play. And a guy hitting one's 101, 162, negative 1,000, whatever quarter's hitting, is not that guy. So it, it, you're not that guy, bud. Yeah, you're not, guy, you're not that guy. So I, I don't know. You're getting me worked up on this, but that, that oof. <laughs> yeah, dude. And if it's, if it's like a thing where you, you could have put Tanner Leggett in there to pitch it and then put him in center field, and I would, feel, I would agree with that decision more than hitting Matt Quarter. Absolutely. Tanner Leggett is hitting 212. He is he is does not fold under pressure. He does battle, and he has made big hits in his career. And he's also a senior. And I'm pretty sure so, most of his big hits have come from being a pinch hitter. I know the yeah, one in Texas yeah. uh, in the World Series was, and I'm pretty sure the walk off against uh, was that Alabama. He came in as a pinch hitter for that as well. Maybe not. Maybe he started that game, but I, think, I don't know. But it, it, regardless, yeah, regardless can do it in that situation and he's not scared yeah to stay regardless of his I mean, his average is still 60 points better but it, even if it wasn't like this guy and he could i can guarantee you he can play center field so like that's not an issue like dude's got a good arm and he's got a good glove like you need to score runs regardless you we're not worrying about center field right now yeah and if so, you're worried about both jess davis yeah I, you, know, you know golden glove <laughs> But whatever, it's just I that that, that whole we may never know. We yeah. Never know. I mean, and it's it, gonna eat at me for a long time. Yeah, same here. I, I feel you. So guys, uh, start the hashtag Team Jess Davis and keep it going because I've been on that for about fourteen days now. Yep. Uh, so like uh, free my boy Jess. I don't know what's got him in trouble, but we need to get over that. Yeah, it's it's um, pretty sad. So, I got a little stat here. <laughs> uh, State has outscored its opponents in every inning, like, overall, like, total runs combined this season, except for one inning. And do you want to guess which inning that is? The second inning. No. Oh, it's not? The ninth inning? It is the ninth inning. Hmm. That's unfortunate. I know we had some bad second innings against Arkansas, so that was my first my first guess. But yeah, uh, uh, ninth inning seven. Yeah, ninth ninth inning hasn't been uh, kind to us recently. Um, Because what did LSU score in the ninth? Four. Yeah, four. Like 
brother. Down to two outs, two strikes, and they score four. That was sickening. I was so defeated after that. But, like, even after that game, I was like, okay, we played them well. We can come out here and beat them tomorrow. And then the coaching decisions on that Saturday game just got me, like, just uh, – we just talked about it. I'm not going back into it. But, yeah, that's just where I sat on that. Yeah, so in the ninth this season, we have scored nine total runs, and opponents have scored 21. Well, that's not a very fun fact. No, no it is not. It's <laughs> called the the unfun fact of the of the day. Unfun fact of the day. Well, it seems uh, like we've got more unfun facts is uh, around uh, around us now than fun facts. Seems to be a trend. Well, my last, uh, my last. What we don't know is, uh, I feel like I actually do know the answer to this. Is it time for Brandon Smith to start on Saturday? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, we, we've starter can't get out of the first inning. No, we've we've done the Stinnett experience experiment experience. We have we have done the Stinnett experiment for long enough, and I've seen all that I needed to see. Brandon Smith needs to be our starter. Agreed. And uh, Stinnett gave up three runs in the first inning, and LSU scored four that game. And guess who relieved Stinnett? Brandon Smith. Yep. And and, and he was he came out for the he came out in the first inning. Uh, what did he? What did how many innings did he end up going? He went six innings with four hits, one earned run, one walk, four strikeouts. I mean, Brandon Smith is not a, like Stinnett is definitely more of a strikeout guy when he can hit the zone. We've had this conversation before, but he can't hit the zone ninety percent of the time, and he's walking people and all kinds of stuff. Brandon Smith is not a strikeout guy, but he is not a give up free bases guy either. And and when he is, it's solo home runs. Yeah, it's a solo home every run every time, and I'll take that every time. Yeah, hands down. Because it's almost like when they hit solos off of him, he just brushes it off, and he's like, eh, it's okay. I'm going to make this these next three guys hit ground balls. It'll be all right. Yeah. And uh, kind of going off this and going off the uh, unfun fact from a minute ago, um, I saw SEC Baseball tweeted this stat today, and this just, just made me so incredibly sad. But uh, he said he, that he dug through the box scores, and um, – in the three-game sweep by LSU, Mississippi State had 44 at-bats with runners on base this weekend. And we hit a 182 average. We only scored five runs. One was unearned, uh, unearned by an error. We left 26 runners stranded and stranded a runner in 18 of the 27 innings. If that's not the worst stat line I've ever seen, it is close. It's makes me sick like it makes me want to puke and it was almost like a joke by the end of saturday and early sunday that like we i mean i was sitting there you know with a couple people in the stands and every time we would get somebody on and in the time sunday that uh lotan got on first with no outs and everybody came up behind him i said all three of these guys are going to strike out and they all three struck out. It was just like everybody in the stadium knew when we got somebody on base, we weren't going to bring them in somehow. 
Yeah. And uh, like it didn't know. matter how many outs or how many strikes we were down to last season. If we had a guy up, I kind of felt like we had a chance. And then this year, it's just like. Especially at home. Yeah, especially at home. It, it, it's, well, it, it is a joke. The whole thing is a joke. It's, it's awful. Which, like, I guess the silver lining is, like, we are hitting, but we're not hitting the right times. We're not stringing them together. And we're also, we can't score runs when our pitching is finally good, and we can't get our pitching good when we finally score runs. Yep. So that's half the reason of why we're bad. I feel like that whole sentence of what you just said is more like 90% of why we're bad. Possibly. <laughs> we'll settle with 75. Okay. All right, man. Enough about us. Let's get into the power rankings provided by Dogs Today. Um, though these are not as positive in our favor. I'm going to ring them off to you, 1 through 14. Let me know if you have any quarrels. All right. Number one, again, University of Tennessee. <laughs> Number two, Arkansas. Three, Georgia. Four, surprisingly, Auburn. Five, LSU. Six, Florida. Seven, Roll Tide. Eight, Vandy Whistler. Nine, A&M Colt, 10, the school up north, 11, UK, 12, MSU, and I'm probably being generous, 13, South Carolina, 14, Missouri. That, looking at that, hurts my feelings. And I don't, I'm not going to argue because it's true, but it still hurts my feelings. Seeing baseball teams like A&M and Bama and Auburn in front of us this year, that that is despicable. But, I mean, yeah, that's, that's really all I have to say. I Outside mean, of us, though, like, like, what do you think? Do you think these are fair? Do you, is there somebody you think is better or worse than how I, how I have them laid out? Um. Ask me next weekend about Auburn. Uh, maybe would not put them as high, but I mean, can't really argue with it right now. Uh, so I guess I'll see how next next weekend goes. Um, I I wouldn't put Bama above Vandy. I know Vandy hasn't been playing very well, but I still think that they would beat Bama um, in a three game series. Uh, A&M, surprisingly, I don't really have any quarrels with them where they're at. I mean, Ole Miss is, we've seen, I mean, they're pretty trash too. I mean, like, Ole Miss has just taken a nosedive in the last three weeks. We're like, probably going to be playing for not being the bottom of the West in two weeks. Yeah, and that is, that's, that's rough. But, part of me wants, part of me wants them to beat us so that Bianco may save his job. But uh, <laughs> I think it's to the point where the Ole Miss fans are wanting us to go in there and sweep, which I'm fine with that too. Yeah, so, it, like 
I was seeing like everybody on the Ole Miss timeline this week was like, yeah, we just got swept by Bama, but uh, at this point, Bianco's out of a job, so we'll just write this season off and you know try again next season with a different coach. So I feel like they don't really care, and they don't want anything to happen that could save his job at this point. Yeah. The funny thing is, I don't. Even, I can't even tell you that he's for sure gone at the moment. No, because no. I think they'll still make a regional, and uh, knowing Ole Miss, they may be like, "Oh, well, he still made the playoffs, so let's keep him for another four seasons," which is cool. But yeah, I would like to keep the streak alive against them, so I hope we at least take two. Uh, but I would also like Bianco to stay. So, may, so maybe it's a win-win or lose-lose, however you see it. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy that uh. The state of Alabama is good at baseball right now, and the state of Mississippi is pretty bad. Actually. Yeah, who saw that coming at the beginning of the season? Not, Not me. I. Not I. Um, yeah. Arkansas, I mean, I still think they're a very good team. Um, I guess we'll see where they end up at the end of the season. Tennessee is crazy. I don't understand how Tennessee is as good as they are and as consistent as they are. Um, I I don't know. I guess we'll see how the rest of that season goes, if they can keep that up for the rest of the season. Who knows? Maybe they can, because right now they look like a super team, like kind of like how Arkansas did last year. And uh, I still think they're going to fall flat on their face at some point. I don't know if that'll be regionals, supers, or if they go, you know, 0-2 in Omaha. But I I just have a feeling that they will. And and maybe not. Maybe their bats are loaded and they're getting away with it. I'm not sure. But if you look at their hitting statistics, it's not just crazy for this season. It's like historically crazy how good they are. So you think that they uh, – I mean, every team in the history of baseball has had a hitting slump. Yeah. That's when true. are they going to have their hitting slump? Yeah. Because the longer that this carries through the regular season, statistically – they're gonna hit in the, in the postseason at some point, so it'll be interesting to see if. And their pitching is very good. It'll be interesting to see if their pitching can carry them uh, through the slump whenever it may occur. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. So it was kind of like the difference between 2018. We got hot at the right time with hitting, and we'll see if they, you know, start to cool off when it comes to crunch time and postseason and stuff like that. So it's gonna be interesting to see, but um. The one thing, the one thing that surprises me the most out of this is Old Miss's offense. We knew coming into the season, Old Miss wasn't going to have very much pitching, but I thought that their offense would make up for that in most case scenarios. Probably not against teams like Arkansas or Tennessee or you know Vandy even, but teams like Alabama definitely thought that their offense would have pulled them through the weekend, but they sure did not. So they may just be in a slump right now and it may turn around towards the postseason. I kind of hope it does for them just so Bianco might, might have a job next season. But that that's been my biggest surprise is how poorly Ole Miss's offense has played compared to what I thought was going to happen going into the season, you know? Yeah, that's a good point. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe Bama's not as good as we think, uh, you know, because we beat them at home. Uh, or maybe Ole Miss is just worse than we think. So one of those will be answered pretty here shortly. But looking into 
the week ahead. We have UAB tomorrow evening. Um, they're, you know, historically have been up and down. Uh, and then we have a, a piping hot Auburn team coming for Super Bulldog weekend. That is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. We know what we need. We need to go three and one. Um, but we're probably not gonna. But seems to be a trend with this team in the past is right when I think that they're out of it, they they surprise me. So I'm not gonna just completely rule them out. But how do you feel about this week? Um, I do not feel good about this week in the least bit, to be honest. Like you said, I know what we need, and I'm kind of on the same page. I don't think we get it. I hope we get it. I hope the team finds something. Whatever they're missing, I hope they find it. And this weekend would be a, a, a perfect weekend to find it and maybe help try to get us back on some sort of track. You know, um, we need it. We need that desperately. And this weekend would be a great game series to win to do something like that. But as it sits right now, I mean... It, it, I, I'm not feeling very good about this this week. I'm not even feeling good about tomorrow, the way I watched us play on Sunday. So, I, yeah, I don't, that's just where I'm, I'm at right now. I'm, I'm kind of defeated in the whole, whole thing. I'm not saying I'm giving up or I don't, or I don't have hope. I'm just saying that I'm not feeling very good about it right now, the way we've been playing. Yeah, UAB is 21 and 10, so. They are not a slouch. I mean, they they could easily come in and beat us, and we better bring it tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they're probably one of the better midweek opponents we've had this year outside of Southern Mist and Tech. So, I mean, they uh, they played Auburn, and they lost 4-6. to six. You know, They played them pretty close. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, it's do or die time. For sure. Let me ask you this. If Brandon Smith starts what would be Saturday normally, but Friday, if he takes that spot, how much better does that make you feel? Um, It definitely makes me feel better. Like, I mean, historically, Stanette has been kind of inconsistent out of the pen for us, but he has been more consistent per se, out of the pen than he has been in the starting role. Maybe he it, needs to start tomorrow. Maybe. I mean, to be honest, I like I want Stinnett in the pen for the weekend. I would like that. But as soon as he walks that first guy, you got to yank him because he is not one of those guys who can go out there and walk one or two guys and then pull himself together on the mound. He walks one and then just loses it and – that is not something that we can deal with anymore. We cannot keep giving up three, four run innings with a bunch of freebies. Like, you've got to pull him. Say what? To, to start the game, nonetheless. Yeah, exactly. So, like, yeah, uh, starting Brandon would make me feel a little bit better, at least. Um, but then, who do we have coming out of the pen that can get us to the finish line? Well, that remains to be seen, because... As we've talked about multiple times, I don't think me uh, or you have very much, you know, 
Brandon was the only guy that I even remotely trusted coming out of the pen. So if he's in the starting role, I think we're just going to have to, you know, just say Leroy Jenkins and figure it out as we go kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, it's back to the what I said at the beginning of the year. Like, what's the point of having good guys come out of the pen if you're already down seven runs? Yeah. So, you know, I was it, wasn't it Stinnett that started the first game against Tech and he actually did well that game? Yeah, he had. Uh, what I think that's when he had twelve strikeouts, was it not? Yeah, so yeah, so yeah. maybe he needs to start like these lower pressure, like midweek games with smaller crowds, and he's just not thinking about everything else. Maybe, uh, and you know, he threw what like a third of an inning, or did he even get can record one out? I don't. Uh, let me see. I don't think he recorded an out, but I could be wrong. Um, he pitched point two of an inning. Uh, he had one one strikeout. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So he definitely his arm is definitely fresh and ready to go for <laughs> yeah. tomorrow. Uh, for at least four or five, you would think. So uh, that is definitely a possibility, and I hope I hope that's what we're looking at. So, then to answer your question about who I would feel good about, I'm going to assume at this point we're not going to see Andrew Walling the rest of the season. I feel decent about Pico, and I de- feel decent about Auger, and that is the end of the list. Yeah. Casey Case Hunt, maybe, uh, is getting back into things. I think he's probably still only good for about two innings. Yeah. Though. But, yeah, if, you know, if we could have, you know, somebody, if somebody, you know, Fristo was really good until he wasn't. Yeah. Like, if, if he got that last strike that should have been strike three, this is a whole different conversation. Yeah, that I mean, that's very true. I mean, Fristo was a good closer for us a couple, I mean, a week or two ago, uh, whenever. Uh, he closed out against Tech, did he not? I want to say he did. And against Arkansas, I know on Sunday, I believe he closed it out for us. Yeah, I know he did. I know um, he did. And, and, you know, he's had some good closing role performances, but... Yeah, I mean, if he, I, if he gets that last strike on Friday, this is probably a whole different conversation we're having today. But I'm not he ready didn't. to write him off. No, I'm not ready to write him off, but I'm not ready the to. Closing rule. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I think it. I think you got to go, PJ Friday, Brandon, on Saturday, and Cade. Yeah, um, I mean that's what we're down to now. We just don't have any other options. Yeah, it's it's not even close. Like you, you have to, and we know we know Brandon can go for like an extended amount of innings. Yeah, so it's not like he doesn't have the endurance to do so. But Uh, that was one thing that I did like is even though it happened in the first inning, as soon as Lamona saw that Stanet didn't have it that day, he didn't. I mean, he still gave up some runs and stuff, and it could have been better than it was, but. He pulled him after the second walk, I think, and was just like, "All right, we're we're done here." And yeah, they got three inning, they got three runs in that inning, but we came back with a two spot in the bottom of the first. And Brandon Smith threw a great game from there on out. Um, yeah, so it, it couldn't couldn't close with runners in scoring position throughout the whole game. Yeah. So, but yeah. Um, well, man, I think we both. Have been in pretty good. Just go ahead and call your prediction for us this week. Just your honest prediction. Two and two. I, I say we take one from Auburn. I feel I feel the same way. What day? Like if if it's 
if it's Brandon starting where we think, what day do you think we have the best chance to take a game? Uh, I still think Cade is going to come out and throw a better game this, this week than he did last week, uh, this last weekend. I think he didn't throw as well, and I think he's going to bounce back this week. I'm going to say we win Sunday. Yeah, or Saturday, but I know what you're Oh, about. yeah, the third game. Right. Uh, yeah, Cade actually was thrown okay until, you know, he wasn't. Um, yeah. Which I'm not saying that to be funny, but, like, he had good innings and then just all of a sudden. And that was another issue I had with Sunday as I felt like he wasn't pulled fast enough. But, uh, you know, that's probably due to Cade being pretty consistent this year, and he thought he would get it together. And that was really Cade's, you know, first, like, bad game. So, you know, I don't expect him to be perfect, and it didn't matter anyway. Uh, in the long run, they were still going to outscore us. So, yeah, I'm with you, man. I think two and two. I think uh, hopefully we win tomorrow, and I think we probably take uh, probably take Sunday against or yeah Saturday, Saturday. against the Tigers. Yeah, but uh, yeah, man, that's um, and honestly, I would I wouldn't be happy with that, but I would be I would at least feel a little better than I do right now. But if we want if we want to get we want to get to the postseason. We have to go three and one this week. If we don't, it's not going to happen because we're not going to just come out and start sweeping teams. Like we got to grind this out. We got to take two out of three, like basically every week until Tennessee. So yeah, that it is what it is. We need to hit like thirteen or fourteen SEC wins. So we got we got a ways to go. But that's all I got to say. You have anything else? Man, I don't. I don't have anything else. I I hope that this is a little bit brighter of a conversation next week. But that's that's it for me today. All right, hopefully so. The uh, walkout song of the week is something that I hope this team proves me wrong on, but we're going to go with That's All She Wrote.